Hey folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times, tampabay.com here in the Cannon Fodder Podcast. It is Thursday, December 28th. Uh, one more podcast to preview final game of the regular season, Bucks uh, against the Saints on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. A busy Wednesday, uh, lots to get to. I will start uh, with the news last night that kind of sent everybody uh, scrambling. Uh, Deshaun Jackson in trouble. Um, police are investigating an accident that saw a Chevy Silverado that was registered to him wrecked and abandoned at International Plaza around 8.30 on Christmas Eve. Um, Deshaun Jackson, just to make it clear, um, Deshaun Jackson, through a spokesperson, has said that the car was uh, driven by someone else, by a friend who had borrowed the car. Um, and. The problem is that police found marijuana and hollow point bullets inside the car. A relatively small amount of marijuana. It would be a misdemeanor uh, if someone were charged with possession of that much marijuana. Uh, The bullets are legal. They just looks odd to have them in the car. Um, So Deshaun Jackson is saying they aren't his. Um, I guess they, when the police found the car and identified that it was his, they reached out to him, uh, contacted him, got him to come to the scene. Um, NFL Network is saying that he initially was uncooperative in uh, in helping the police out. Eventually, gave the name gave the name of the alleged driver, but then did not help bring that driver to the scene. So uh, we're now more than 72 hours later, uh, and there've been no arrests. The investigation is ongoing. Uh, Tampa police said that Deshaun Jackson has retained an attorney. Uh, have not been able to identify or reach out to that attorney. But uh, this is one of those where Deshaun did not travel with the team on Sunday. Um, he was inactive and had been ruled out on, on Friday of the week uh, with an ankle injury. He didn't practice all week. Um, so it's not even a matter of whether the Bucks were back. And the Bucks got back within an hour of the time that they found the car uh, wrecked. I guess it went off the road, hit a tree somewhere at International Plaza. Um, so it's not even a matter of logistics. Deshaun Jackson could have been in town. There's no conflict with the Bucks and their road game. The team was back. Uh, the, the mall itself is only about three miles from where one buck place is. So uh, right now it's just a matter of how this unfolds to uh, police are going to want to find out who that was driving. And until they do, it, it looks uh, it doesn't look good for Deshaun Jackson. So. Um, this is something that could unfold in terms of finding somebody and having them uh, charged with something related to the marijuana in the car, or it could unfold that they find out that he wasn't uh, being truthful in terms of who was driving the car. We'll we'll find that out uh, before too long here. I'm thinking, honestly, that International Plaza, as big a mall as that is, has all kinds of security cameras. Um, It kind of has a wide perimeter, a ring around the mall, to where it could have been kind of off property, even if it's on property, if you will. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's security footage of someone driving the car and then someone leaving the truck. Um, but again, I haven't been able to figure that out yet. So we'll, we'll see on that. But anyway, again, this is not the, uh, this is kind of like the, the Uber allegations from Arizona. It's just not the kind of off-field uh, headlines you want around your team, especially around prominent players on the team. I mean, Deshaun Jackson was their biggest high-dollar off-season acquisition. Um, 
and this isn't what you want to have in terms of leaders and veterans and Pro Bowl types in your locker room, but uh, whether he's just associating with the wrong people or what remains to be seen. Uh, injury update, you know, Wednesday's always a big day in the injury front. First day back at practice in, in terms of preparation for a Sunday game. Uh, and there's good news and bad news. The good news is Deshaun Jackson was back out of practice uh, testing that ankle. Robert Ayers was back after missing uh, missing the game on Sunday. Ayers has had an amazing amount of injuries. Right now it's his shoulder, but he's had like five or six different injuries this year. Um, they're back in a limited capacity. Don't know whether that means they would go or not. Um, I think the fact that they weren't put on IR when those five guys were put on IR last week certainly spoke to there being some expectation they might be able to play. Uh, Ryan Smith, who had been ruled out with an ankle injury Sunday, was also back. I uh, talked to him, and he felt confident about being able to test it. Um, you know, if he can come back, that certainly helps their corner depth because he can be outside, which allows Robert McClain to be inside at nickel. JV and Elliott end up playing about 60% of the snaps uh, Sunday in Charlotte, as it was. Um, on the bad side, three guys not practicing at all on Wednesday. Cam Brait, who's dealing with a hip and a knee. Um, Cam Brait's a guy that has played through a ton of injuries. Um, I can't tell you how many weeks he's been limited Wednesday or out Wednesday and still played, but did not practice on Wednesday. Chris Godwin uh, has an, <coughs> an ankle injury. Obviously, the Bucks are, are hurting at receiver now with no Deshaun potentially. Godwin stepped in and actually played more snaps than Mike Evans on Sunday. Played well, had like 98 yards, had a 70-yard catch. Uh, but if he can't go, now you're looking at Humphreys back at number two with Mike Evans. The rest of them are, are rookies. In And you've got, uh, I guess the next one would be Bobo Wilson, who got his first touchdown on Sunday. But again, very limited depth there. Uh, they got a couple on the practice squad they could call up. Freddie Martino's also there. Uh, not a rookie, but just a, a relatively inexperienced guy. And then Devontae Bond. Um, all these injuries are clustered. Linebacker, they've had all kinds of injuries. Uh, Devontae Bond had a boot on his ankle in the locker room yesterday. He did not practice. Um, so, again, I mean, Beckwith is the guy that plays primarily there. But with no Glanton, if Bond couldn't go, um, they'd be looking at using Riley Bulla or even Nigel Harris for linebacker depth and special teams play. So those three are the ones we want to watch there. We did talk to Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans needs 54 yards to get 1,000 for the season. Um, obviously, he's been good enough where you expect a lot more than just 1,000 yards. But uh, if he can get to 1,000, um, that keeps his streak going of 1,000 yards. This would be in his first four seasons. That's only happened twice in NFL history. Randy Moss did that with the Vikings. A.J. Green did that with the Bengals. I think they think A.J. went five years. Moss went six years in a row in terms of 1,000-yard seasons to start a career. But um, that means something to Mike. He'd like to have that. Um, he understands that he hasn't played at the same level this year. Touchdowns are down. Um, all of his numbers are down from last year. But if he can get, uh, again, 54 yards on Sunday, he gets to 1,000. Um, he was held to you know one catch for 13 yards in the first Saints game. Uh, and that obviously did not end up going well for him. Saints game is the game where uh, Jameis Winston was on the sidelines. He is pointing to Marshawn Lattimore, pokes Lattimore, and then Mike Evans comes in and blindsides Lattimore, gets suspended for the following game, 
uh, and misses that entirely. So we did ask Evans. He was actually very complimentary of, of Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is, is a pro bowler, is a rookie, has five interceptions, is a big part of why uh, Saints are in a position to win the NFC South if they can win in Tampa on Sunday. And like I said, Evans didn't really speak to what happened in the first game, but spoke very highly, uh, said the ball finds him, said he's fantastic, um, was very complimentary of Marshall Latimer. And he's, he's a guy, Evans is a guy who tends to, uh, when he's facing a good corner, he'll make sure it's known and, and has praise for the guys that he respects at the position. So that's no different here. Um, so Mike Evans has a chance to kind of, again, finish the season um, on a positive note, get the milestone, maybe get a touchdown to get that going again. I mean, his numbers are well down. We talked a little bit with him about red zone problems. Um, you know, has three touchdowns and 19 targets in the red zone. Um, and he said, you know, one of those where um, I think he gave Carolina credit. Bradbury did a good job of covering him in the red zone. Um, but again, he, he's got to kind of push through that. He's been a much better receiver in the red zone than he has been this season. Um, to bring up Lattimore, I want to make sure we talk about this Saints rookie draft class, which is just outstanding and a big part of uh, why the Saints are where they are and potentially hosting a playoff game um, back in the playoffs. You know, I think it starts obviously with Alvin Kamara um, for him to come in and kind of be a compliment to Mark Ingram and give the Saints uh, an offensive balance they really haven't had. I mean, for years, the Saints have just had Drew Brees throwing for 4,000, if not 5,000 yards, and not nearly the same threat offensively uh, at running back. And the two of them have been a great one-two punch. They're both going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, Kamara has almost 700 yards rushing, more than 700 yards receiving, has 12 touchdowns, had a big touchdown in that first game with the Bucks to kind of pull things away there uh, as they got some separation. They got Kamara in the third round, 67th overall. Uh, you think about those third down running backs, third round running backs. Kamara did so well for New Orleans. Kareem Hunt doing amazingly well for Kansas City. Um, we knew this was a deep running back class and kind of thought the Bucks might uh, get involved in that. Um, and obviously they did not. Uh, they, they took Jeremy McNichols late, uh, didn't even make it to opening round, opening week with him. And he's active now with the Niners, but isn't really doing much of anything. So Kamara's where it starts with, but I mean, Lattimore, uh, you know, five interceptions, like we said, Pro Bowl, um, changing that defense from being a punchline and, and a secondary that used to give up record numbers amount of yards and points uh, to one that has, you know, really brought, again, balance to the Saints, if you will. Ryan Ramchick, um, the, the pick that they, they traded Brandon Cooks away to the Patriots to get the last pick of the first round and, and took Ryan Ramchick. He started every game, was a left tackle early on when they had injuries, has played very well. Their second rounder, Marcus Williams, who's a safety from Utah, is their number two tackler. Um, so in those four, that's just four huge impact rookies. If you get like two impact rookies from a draft class on a good team, that speaks well. Um, you know, I think the Bucks did well to have O.J. Howard and to have Justin Evans play as every down players this year. Got a little bit less from Beckwith and from Chris Godwin, but uh, but Saints might have the best rookie class of any team in the NFL. Um, they have some, some later round guys like Alex Anzalone and, and Trey Hendrickson from FA, FAU, guys that played in state here. They've got 16 tackles, they've got 13 tackles. They've played as well in, in kind of a bench type role. But yeah, I mean, the, the, for me, the story of the Saints this year has been the melding of uh, a veteran quarterback like Drew Brees, 
um, veterans all over the team, Cam Jordan, and that meshing so well with a rookie class and getting contributions and getting talented players that the coaches trust in for big, big roles. I mean, these are, are every down players, four of them, that are absolutely at the center on offense and defense of, of why the Saints are probably the surprise team in the, in the division. Um, NFC, it'll be tricky to see. I mean, NFC, you think about the Vikings, you think about the Eagles. Um, you know, there are teams that have great records and don't know, don't have the same certainty at quarterback that the Saints do. So as you get to the postseason, um, I'm curious whether Breeze can be an X factor as someone that's played well in the postseason, has obviously played a ton in the NFL, has a Hall of Fame first ballot resume. If he can be a difference in terms of separating the Saints from some of the teams that have better records like Philadelphia or Minnesota, um, it'll be fun to see. And again, I think Sunday, you know, the Bucks are unfortunate that they get the Saints still tied with Carolina, where, where New Orleans has a huge incentive to win. If they win, they know they'll have the division title, they'll have a home playoff game. I don't think right now I have to figure out how the buy situation shakes out in the NFL. I know the Eagles were a game ahead for what would be the one seed, uh, but it, it might be there are other things in play that, that determine uh, whether or not the Saints, even if they win, have a first-round buy or not. What that means is that, I mean, I think there was a time where it looked like the Saints were doing so well, they might be able to rest players or rest Breeze. That won't be the case. They're going to get a Saints team with very much a lot of motivation on the field on Sunday. So uh, anyway, that will wrap things up for uh, our Thursday podcast. Be back with one more on Friday, hopefully some more injury information. I don't know that we'll have any more news on Deshaun Jackson and the whole uh, truck situation there, but uh, another day to let that unfold. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back on Friday for one more uh, preview podcast for Sunday's game against the Saints. For now, that'll do it uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Cannon Fodder Podcast.